0: Shane, thank
1: you for joining me on GV Talks. No worries, mate. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Have you had a flat chat day today? Standard Saturday. Um, or now anyway, because uh, our eldest son, Jacob, is back at soccer. So they, they've got community sport back up and running for, for juniors, which is really good. So he plays soccer at uh, 12.30, so right smack bang in the middle of the day, which isn't an ideal time because you virtually lose your whole Saturday. Um, although we can't really go anywhere at the moment, so... And then uh, my wife works in one of our retail stores each Saturday as well, and then yeah, normally when once she gets home in the afternoon, we, we normally do a few things with the kids. But I'm here with you now. No, uh,
0: great. Um, do you never do you ever miss a game?
1: Look, he's only just started this year. Um, my wife gets a little bit disappointed that uh, she doesn't get to come. Not not that deliberately, um, you know, she misses out. But the fact that our businesses are also very important and. She spends a lot of time with the kids during the week and, and you know, focusing on being a mother, obviously. And, and then uh, on weekends, that's her time in the shop as well. Uh, until the draw come out, you know, there's early games, but unfortunately we're at 12.30. So he's played, I think, six or seven games this year. And, yeah, I wouldn't miss it. One of us would always be there as well. So And, look, the reality is only parents can go yeah, or, or guardians. So no grandparents are allowed to go to the games or any other family members at the moment. So... It's been enjoyable. The first week was um, uh, tested my patience, to say the (laughs) least. Little four- and five-year-olds running around playing soccer. You know, it's the the basics of how do you not see the white line to not run out of it? You know, how do you not know that you're going that way to kick a goal? So it it was pretty good. But they pick it up um, very quickly, and it's amazing the the competitive nature that they, they start to bring in Oh dad, who are we playing this week? Um, how many goals am I gonna kick? Or hopefully we beat them. Whereas we never used to speak about it like that at home because you know, you sort of had no reason because they weren't playing sports. So it's good. Yeah, so it's um increased the bond between you and him? Yeah, it's good. Um, you know, I guess leading in uh, to the weekend, I'll be like, Oh, we're playing soccer this weekend and you know, we're gonna play, you know, then like the little rascals or um, you know, Northern Knights or these little yeah. games, and he goes I'm like, oh, you remember that team? They, they were the ones with the black T-shirt. Oh, they were good, Dad. How are we going to beat them this time? I said, it was very simple. We just kick more goals than them. Do you know what I mean? so, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, it, it's good. He, he enjoys it. And it probably now makes it a bit more natural in the backyard when we're um, you know kicking the soccer or football around where he's really wanting to do it now. Whereas like I was like, hey, do you want to come out and have a kick of soccer or footy? So, no, he's good. No, Great.
0: Before we get too deep into it, do you want to let the Shepparton people know who you
1: are? Yeah, might be a good idea. Um, yeah. So obviously Shane Saley, uh, was born here in Shepparton. and I've spent my whole life here. Uh, got a long-standing family history, uh, in the area. In the fact that um, my grandfather migrated, uh, out from Albania back in nineteen twenty-eight, um, here, and then my mum's father came a little bit later, to sort of Fremantle was the initial, um, starting point before they made their way over here to Victoria, and um, I've got two younger brothers. Uh, Nathan and Ron and uh, I'm married to Lydia and we've got two boys Jacob and Lachlan so Jacob's five and and Lockie will be three in December uh, involved in local family business here so we own Traffic, Shop 221 and Arcade Fashions and I've got some family across a number of other industries sort of agriculture and and transport as well so I've had a really good upbringing in the fact that I've got a really natural connection with other industries which I think um, helps me on the path that i'm going now with putting my hand up for council uh, it's always good rather than trying to learn something about an industry if you just sort of know it because you've grown up there you know i grew up on the orchard i grew up on a transport um, around trucks and, and getting an understanding of how they all work and hopefully it provides me with some good knowledge moving forward
0: do you think running businesses and being uh involved in Other businesses with your family and stuff like that has given you um, a sense of people being dependent on you, which may help you with your current
1: venture. Yeah, possibly. I mean, one thing I really noticed when I got involved in the family business. So before that, I was an account manager at the Telstra Business Centre. So um, out and about, um, basically looking after parts of Northern Victoria, um, trying to convince them to to sign up their Telstra accounts with us here in Shepparton Mm. and that was really good because it gave me a good opportunity to, to respect, um, you know, a workplace where you're not the boss as Mm. such, do you know what I mean? So respect management, um, everyone's equal, we're all one big team. So then when I got involved in the family business, uh, we, we already had, um, you know, my mum and dad have been doing it for a very long time and we've already got that really family culture. Yeah. And now more than ever, so when COVID hit, um, it was really good. It's probably the only positive you could bring out of the whole situation is that when it hit, um, we came together even closer as, as like staff and, and ownership, yeah. um, like a big family, and sort of say, look, we're in this together. We're going to get through it. And if we all help each other, then we'll give ourselves the best opportunity to to be on the other side, um, you know, still open and being able to offer the products and services that we do. So, yeah, I mean, look, I guess to answer your question, I've gone about it a long way, but I, I don't think so. I think it just, you know, it's just natural, you know, working with the team and, and that's play footy, the businesses I'm involved in, and, and it'd be similar with council. If you can't work together as a team, you've got no hope how do you
0: build a team culture with your employees?
1: Giving them a sense of ownership. Um, that's probably uh, one thing that I've, I've like, or uh, sorry, should say, I've tried to bring in, I guess as well. Um, everybody loves responsibility. Yeah, I think that. Um, 100%. Yeah, so I think, you know, and it could even be the simple ones of, you know, here's the key to the shop. You know, you're opening now. Um, you know, here's the alarm code. Here's the process of of how we open now he's you know you're now going to take control of our social media um, you know they'll ring me and say oh Shane you know such-and-such is such called um, I've told them that you're gonna give them a call back I'm like, "Well, what do they want and they'll be like oh you know this is what it's about I'm like no nah. you call them back this is what it's about are you sure yeah not nah, do it so I really want everyone to be on that level playing field um, I mean the reality is i just more have probably those after-hour stresses mm-hmm. rather than the daily stresses of when we're at work with each other because we do share it as a big family i love when i get on our social media and, and i see the girls doing insta stories and talking and i send a message i'm like that's so good you sound so good you know you should be proud of yourself I, I love that so and then they they tend to do it more often and and i don't just say to, to pump them up you know yeah. in a fake way I genuinely mean it. I give positive criticism. Um, but if they do a good job, I let them know straight away. So I... And similar, I guess, you now we sort of council side of things is that my dad wouldn't be able to do that because he's had a different generation where he yes. doesn't understand the social media and what it takes to stand in front of a mirror and talk and have the confidence to do that. Yes. And, and I really respect the girls for, for putting themselves out there and doing that because... We do live in a judgmental society and, and for them to do that, I really commend them and I let them know every single time. So,
0: How do you deal with your employees when they do a bad job?
1: Um, I don't think they've ever done a bad job. I, I wouldn't sort of use that word as yes. such. It, it's more, uh, look, we, we pride ourselves on, on giving really good honest service from a local level. Um, and, you know, you've got product, so no business, You know, it cannot it can't be successful without a good product. An exclusive product is ideal, but your product is is why people are coming in there. And then obviously being able to offer them the experience of of speaking with locals, um, you know, girls that are invested in the community and being able to support them. So every now and then, you know, you might get a a customer complaint, but at at times it's it's it it could be something that's so small. But I I address every. sort of concern that may be raised within the business about anything. You know, like I, I tell the girls, you, you, you're the eyes and ears on the ground for me. Um, I need to know what the customers are thinking. I need to know what you're thinking. So it's not probably anything they do bad because, like I said, we're one big family and, and they have that sense of ownership. And, and with that, they treat it like their own business. So I always say, how would you handle this? You know, what would you do? You know, it is your business what do you want what do you think we should do
0: and that's just coming back to giving them responsibility
1: yeah you it's know we awesome. we haven't got hundred staff you know so 100 staff. we don't what I'm saying is yeah we don't have a <laughs> yeah. hundred staff so it's not as if I'm not across everything that's happening um, throughout the day or or getting the phone calls uh, about you know whatever it might be you know and but they need to take responsibility yeah and I'll never say they've done a bad job it's more about this is what you could improve on next time or or when you're speaking to the customer or, or sending a package make sure you do it like this make sure you do it like that so but hey i've i've got my own father telling me how to you know continue to be to be better at what <laughs> i'm doing as well so you know i'm not there with a 95 saying this is how we need to do it but um i get it 24/7 when you work in a family business your phone's never off yes and you get phone calls at virtually any time of the night about anything and I can't, I'm not Monday to Friday, you know, so the reality is is I'm, I'm getting, you know, um, feedback as well and I also pass feedback on to them. Yeah, great. So it goes both ways.
0: Can you tell me how you decided to run for Cancel specifically in the short term? Like, um, when did the idea cross your mind? Um
1: Look, I'm on the Shep show Me committee and, and that's a council committee. And I won't bore you too much about that, but basically council have section 86 committees, although they're, they're, they're actually stopping now because the state government's brought a stop to them. But you've actually run under the same rules as what a council does. Um, you know, you're effectively responsible for for uh, marketing our community, Shepparton in particular, because it was Shepparton, Show Me, And um, we were the marketing body of council and, investing into that space to obviously attract people to come here to, you know, shop, dine and play. And um la I've been the chair for two years and last year when we had our AGM, like anything, you go to the AGM and you want to nominate to be a chair and um you know you've got the support, but until it's all signed off, you don't probably um, you know, sort of convince yourself that, okay, yes, I am going to be chair and that gives me another year of experience of understanding the process. Yeah. of how council works. Now, I don't agree with the process on a lot of things, right? So it's not about I'm becoming a council before I've already been one. It's like anything in any industry, there is a process. Yeah. And you need to understand it to be better at it. Uh, so i said that, you know, if I'm lucky enough to be chair, it'll give me another 12 months of experience of learning as much as I possibly can. Council elections are coming up. I'll see how I go through the year and... Like anything you can only consider it for so long and probably around June I sort of started reaching out to um, community leaders and and family and friends and saying hey look um, I'm considering running for council what do you think
0: Mm.
1: and it was almost to the point where if X amount of people would have told me you shouldn't run I wouldn't have done it because you can't do it without support yes so I just kept going and Everyone was saying, "Yeah, you should do it. You should do it." And I don't know if I was waiting for someone to say, um, "You shouldn't do it." You know, so everyone was really supportive of me wanting to do it. Obviously, they outline some of the challenges that I will face. Uh, well, obviously, if I get elected, that you know you face along the lines, but they're all things that you work through. Um, as councillors, you're a team, mm-hmm. and you're never going to do anything on your own, and that's the beauty of it as well. So probably around mid year, you know, I started to to actually, guess I am going to run rather than consider it to the last week. Yeah, I
0: was working at a gym in Warnable and my manager said, because I was complaining that I wanted to do all this amazing stuff and he said, you have to do all the processes first and then if that's not working then we will entertain these new ideas that you have to bring these people through the doors. Yeah. So we, we kind of needed to go through the process before I could start doing everything that I wanted to do. And that's where, when he told me that, that's when it kind of sank in that you've you got to do these boring things first before you can start implementing all these new ideas. Is that kind of how it would be a council?
1: Yeah, it's also, so the Shep Show Me meetings, all of them were in the council boardroom where yeah. the council meetings are. So I'm very comfortable with the environment. I know where everyone is within that building in regards to, you know, the certain areas or departments. Um, you know, it's the old saying, look, I know where the boardroom is. I know where the kitchen is. I know where the bathroom is. So on day one, I don't need to know about that. I'm, I'm comfortable. I've, I know all the executive staff already. Um, I've had relationships with them in regards to with Shep Shomi because a lot of them sat around the table with Shep Shomi and then also some personal dealings outside of Shep Shomi with them. Um, just general things that happen within mm. the CBD. So it's really good that I can go in there and I can acknowledge these people from the start and, and we've already got that um, sort of natural bond o- over the years. Yes. Um, you know. But in saying that, that if I am lucky like, enough to be a counsellor, then we're responsible for those executive staff and, and they've got to follow the direction of the counsellors. So.
0: When you went around asking for people's support, did anyone tell you not to do it?
1: um a few people said do you know what you're going to get yourself into uh and i said you're gonna convince me not to run but no it's more um i don't think anyone could dispute the fact of you know someone that's you know well, i'm 33 so i don't know if that's young you know it's traditionally not an age that most people would put their hand up to run for council so you know i'm not going to say i'm young or old but it's not traditional for a 33 year old um business owner and operator you know, married with young kids and, and still playing local footy to say, hey, I want to run for council. You know, it's normally people that have a bit more time on their hands, um, perhaps already in that political circle and want to advance their skills a little bit more differently. So I think people probably look at and say, it'll be really good to get a real person who's on the ground, connected to the community, sitting around our table. That's generally a lot of the responses I got. So, you know, that was from, you know, I've probably spoken to over 100 individuals People, Not not necessarily about, should I run for council? But once you get to the point of announcing and trying to get as much information as you can about you know what are the things that are important within our region and some of the things that I need to work on so I can best prepare um, for if I'm given that opportunity.
0: Yeah. I'm not
1: from Shepparton, so maybe
0: you can explain this to me. But I noticed um, you had John and Agatha
1: support you. Who are those guys in the community? Yeah, so John and Agatha... Anderson, they owned, um, only just recently exchanged hands. So they owned John Anderson Pharmacy, which is not too far from this studio here, for about 40 years. Wow. So how that came about, and I'm so lucky to have John Anderson specifically um, in- endorse me for you know, my election. Yeah. And we started to sort of form a bit of a relationship earlier this year. So the Maud Street Mall has been a hot topic for about... 25 years or more and it's sort of been laughable to be honest the last you know probably last five or six years and John Anderson who's the president of the Chamber of Commerce um, basically drove that project to the point where council made a decision to open up the mall and invest the money into redeveloping that space which is great but it's great fantastic but the plan that they proposed the councillors um, didn't align with the chamber's vision, and and I wasn't overly supportive of it either. That's just my personal view. So, John wanted support from you know retailers, and, and I um, have a huge amount of respect for John and and AGS, obviously as well. And and I said, yeah, I'm gonna get right behind you. We needed consensus. There's nothing worse when you go to council with thirty different opinions, yes. um, and. Chamber of Commerce are an official body, so we made sure that um, everything we did came under the Chamber of Commerce umbrella, so that way it can be documented properly. Um, We can get the official response on on any suggestions we put forward. And, you know, as I say, you know, the rest is history. The mall's gonna be opened up next year. Um, They're still working on final detailed design and exactly sort of how it looks, but um, it'll be a road virtually from Fry Street exiting at High Street with parking either side, which is really good. So it provides a really good, flexible platform to attract commercial investment, which I think is important. And it also entices on shop living mm-hmm. and, and things that we're doing here today <laughs> as well. I mean, I'd love to see this through the whole CBD. And there's so many buildings that actually have second story in office um, spaces now, or they're used for storage. We've just got to try and work with the owners of those buildings to convince them to to set up, you know, virtually what you've done here. so. John and I had formed a really close relationship um, through this period of time, and and he was probably one of the um, main reasons why I did want to run for council because you're always going to have family support. You know, your family yes. are always going to say, yeah, it's good, Shane, you should do it. You know, the standard response. You know, but you need someone sort of outside your family circle to be able to lean on and and you know be able to get those um, that honest feedback that you need. And and I had a chat with John, and he. He said, yeah, 100%, you should do it. And I said, well, I'll do it if you back me. You know, if you, if you genuinely think I should do it and you support me, I'm going to do it because I, I I sort of can't do it without you, if that makes sense, because I need someone who's experienced. He actually was on council as well yeah. a while back as well. Successful business person, very well connected with the community and a really calm person, which is what you need. And it, it's not necessarily someone that I need to help me do it, but it's you're always going to need someone. To fall back on or be able to speak to about anything and um john and his wife Agatha have been absolutely fantastic and um i'm grateful that they're, they're willing to support me yeah um
0: do you know why the bus stops haven't been used yet
1: the ones down here on vaughn street yeah or Maud street i yeah. should say yeah so they will be used they just went for the cfa to move no yeah part of that but also the redevelopment here on Maud street yeah, which will, from High Street to Vaughan Street, which will upgrade the roundabout, you know, down at Coles there. Yes. So when that gets upgraded to lights, and then this half of um, Maud Street will also get redeveloped. Yeah. And then the the fire station will move out. That hasn't impacted um, the buses because the buses still used to always go there and stop where they do now. Yeah. You know, opposite... um. Yeah, Vinnie's and and those three other businesses that are down there as well. So they've always been there. I think it's just more the ability of them being able to sort of commute through that intersection with the roundabout and all those types of things. But um, that will be – this is public knowledge. Yeah, yeah. It's not anything that no one else would know. It's just how far you want to look into it. But I think that they will be finished um, possibly by mid-next year. So – you're basically going to have that completed and hopefully the more Street more completed by the end of next year. So this whole strip from Fry Street to Vaughan Street is state-of-the-art. It's going to be amazing. So, Yeah, it's a great strip, and it's sad
0: to see so many stores empty. What, what, what businesses do you think would fill those stores? Because I spoke to Alistair Hand once, and he said, it would be amazing if they were full of food stores. And I loved that idea when he was pitching it to me because I love that all the food stores are right there on Fry Street and if you had them fill all those Maud Street stores up as well, it yeah. would just be a hub for the community. That was an idea that I got pitched and I thought it was awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, that's why I said to you providing the platform is council's responsibility. So investing into you know commercial infrastructure to at least give businesses an opportunity to invest in there is where you've got to start. So clearly that's going to be happening now. If I said to you, and this is what a lot of people don't realize, it's not that easy to open up a business, Yeah. right? So people say, oh, you know, we should do this or we should do that. But if I said to you, I can give you any shop you want that's empty right now, free rent, but in one month you've got to tell me what business you're opening and you've got to go and do it, what would you do? And you've legitimately got to invest into it. And I'll give you a free shop. How big is the shop? I'll just, you know, pick anyone. I'd put a gym in there. You would, yeah. Yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> but the average, the, yeah. But the the point is that when I ask people that question, they go, "Oh, I don't know. I'd put food, or oh, I don't know I'd put fashion, or yeah, you know, yeah, but what, what exactly? Yeah, what? And you're gonna pay to set it up. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, we've got the buildings. It's just that we just don't have the people right now that want to invest into yes. a commercial business. So what's the solution to that? Well, clearly providing a platform that would entice them. Yeah. So the Moore Street Mall has always struggled after hours. Yes. Because once your retail stores close down, it's quite dark. Um, you know, there has been at times security concerns there of basically you know people having to park it outside the mall and walk in. So that obviously provides challenges, but we have had businesses. I'm be I mean week, as you know. I, I hear them because they say oh, I've had businesses that have wanted to invest into the Moore Street Mall, but they go. We rely on after hour, um, you know, after our access of people being able to come here, whether it's for appointments or, or um, you know, to, to dine. Yeah. But they just don't feel comfortable walking in. So I envisage that if once you open up the Moore Street Mall you're not, it's not for retail it's not for food it's it's for services so why can't a hairdressing salon open yes so then after hours people can still park in there and you know majority of hair salons are female so you need to provide that safe environment for them to be able to you know operate their business after hours and then have the access of car parking at the front so they feel safe when they walk out as well uh, you, clearly you're always going to have food you're going to have retail why can't we have real estate agents why can't we have professional service like accountancy firms you know invest in there you're going to have you know it makes
0: so much sense now
1: that's that's what I look at so there's a few things that you need from if you're a commercial business you want street frontage slow moving traffic well, traffic flow yes and car parking they're they're normally your three main pros because you get 24-7 marketing because people can constantly drive past your business you've got parking where people can at least try and get a park close to your business. And obviously street frontage, will that makes sense, you know, rather than sort of being in a back little alleyway or, or anything like that. Yeah. We don't have a big enough population to not entice businesses to be on the main thoroughfares. Yes. And people always compare, well, why does High Street have so many empty shops or, or Wyndham Street? Well, the reality is that you've got B-double trucks driving down there, You've got half the amount of parking because you've only got parking on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's double lane. It's a highway. It's technically yes. a highway. You know, you cannot compare High Street as in traffic movement to Fry Street. Yeah, it's you know yourself. You know, it's it's, it's yes. two different types of thoroughfares. So that's a great point. Yeah. So they're they're different. You know, and maybe as time goes along, you know, perhaps when the bypass is, um, you know, ever gets off the ground, which is there's talk of. Uh, a second bridge or I guess a third bridge crossing, but a second heavy vehicle bridge crossing to connect North Shepparton, which would be the Ford Road, Wanganui Road bypass that connects into Marootna, which effectively would divert all the heavy vehicles. Yeah. So then, you know, you would know more than anyone how loud it can be here with, with trucks and buses and, you know, constantly coming through, you know, all hours of, of the night. And if they can sort of be taken away from our CBD in a safe way, then, you know who knows then high street you know might all of a sudden become the next fry street yes because you've got less traffic and, and less um heavy vehicle traffic
0: um just one more quickly on this my understanding was um Maud street used to have a road going through it
1: yeah it did before my time okay so it uh, was a long time ago yeah i think it might have been oh look obviously there was always a street and then they converted to the mall in the late 80s. Okay. Yeah, so... Irrelevant now. Well, look, the way it was, and I've actually done a bit of research on it, not that it really matters too much now, but when malls were big in the US, Australia always follows someone. Yeah. We never really seem to be a leader in anything. <laughs> I don't know, like, is it, You know, like, I feel like, you know, it's just... And that's okay, depending on what it is and, and how far you are behind it. So... Uh, You know, I've been in the U.S. before and I I haven't been to China as such. And, you know, people will say that, you know, we're 20 years behind the U.S. and we're 50 years behind China. You know, Mm -hmm. in the fact of modernizing and technology and and what they're doing and and how they're doing it. But it sort of makes sense when you look at the mall project because when the Mall Street Mall got put in here, which is based on U.S. success Mm -hmm. in the late 80s, the U.S. started pulling their malls out. Okay. So here we are 25 years later... Pulling our mall out, yeah. Do you know? I mean? So we're that we're sort of slowly catching up. So there was proposals in the late nineties to, to have the mall redeveloped um, after it was put in, but obviously it took you know over twenty years to eventually you know I guess encourage the councillors and, and and let them see the vision of of what yes. this space could look like uh, if we get some traffic movement in there. So yeah, it's 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 been a a big project and, and I'm really confident moving forward it'll it'll have huge success
0: yeah it sounds great why is it important for you to be on the council
1: well I think you know with the nine spots that are effectively available um, I look at it as that as I said to you I'm 33 I'm, I'm a business owner and operator so it's the old cliche I've got my skin in the game yeah you know, and, and not a lot of counselors not necessarily here but elsewhere have that. So they're not, they're invested, but in different ways. So I've literally got, you know, genuine investment in the community. Uh, I still play community sport, um, married with two young kids. So we're across the kinders, um, you know, Jacob's going to school next year. So, and then, as I said, I've got other family that are involved in other industries as well mm-hmm. that form a big part of why, you know, Greater Sherpton so successful is that if I can bring those skills, And and my own skills to the table, then I think I can play a big part in one of nine seats, you know, sitting around the council table. So, you know, I just sort of see myself as that genuine, real person on the ground, connected to the community, and being able to be that voice for whoever it wants. I I feel that I'm approachable. Um, I've been brought up to use the mobile phone, you know, don't be afraid to pick up the phone, speak to people. Hear their ideas, you know. Hear their needs, hear their wants, whatever it might be. I'm here, and, and I've got no problem asking the questions and, and making sure that we can, you know, position ourselves, uh, in, in a really good state moving forward. So. Be the voice of the people. Does that mean the majority of the people? Anyone. I I guess when I came up with you know like you, you have slogans yeah. when you run for council and and there were you know the old you, know, you have plenty that get put across and. I, th- I thought, why am I running? Like why you know, why do I want to be on council and, and what is gonna be the reason for people to hopefully vote me in? And it literally is, you know, to be their voice and that is anyone. So I haven't segregated it. Yes. You know, yeah, I'm involved in business. That's one part of my life. I have young children, so that's family life. And then I've got sport life, you know, and then I do other community work as yeah. well. So I feel that I'm across many many different um, sectors of our community and I felt that I want to be the voice for whoever wants to come to me whether you're in business um, you know whether you work for a government agency you know whether you're unemployed whatever it might be I'm here
0: yeah I've seen you supporting local businesses in the community yeah. and um, I was having a chat to a couple of my other friends who own businesses and they've said that you've came and networked with them And taking the time to hear what they have to say. And you've taken the time to have a chat to me today. and I think that speaks volumes.
1: I've got no problem talking to anyone. I love it going out meeting with people. Um, And I did it with Telstra. So that probably gave me, um, you know, sort of that good stepping stone to, to walk in. It's like cold calling. And my wife says to me, she goes, I don't know how you do it. Like, how do you go and talk to these business people? I'm like, no, I love it. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. You know, I want to know how you're going. And... A business owner walking into another business, yes. we're like one big family. You know? you know, Although retail and hospitality isn't doing that well at the moment and many other industries are doing extremely well, everyone understands the challenges that business owners face, which is you know, employing staff, you know, paying wages, rent, all the, the factors that um, provide all the challenges to run a successful business, that when I go in and see them, they're just happy to have one of them wanting to put their hand up and then it's the same when i'm speaking to people at jacob's kinder or his local soccer or, or all my footy mates and coaches and all those type of things that it's the exact same thing is that i've got no problem meeting anyone anywhere to talk about anything have you found that that's increased
0: though since you've became like a face of the Shepparton community like everyone wants to give you their two cents
1: yeah probably i mean once i announced yeah that, um publicly then you're probably hearing from different community groups but I, I knew that was going to happen yeah. um, and I've made a real conscious effort to, to get out to as many community organizations you know outside of I guess our three main cities Shep, Marugna and Tectura. so yeah. uh, I was at Katandra West during the week as well and I always know someone there you know yeah. through, sport connects you with everyone and you're always going to know someone that's good because you have that natural connection with someone there and then everyone's we, we all just want the same outcome. Yeah. You know, we, we want a council that is genuinely passionate and invested in our community, sitting around the table making decisions for our future. You know, it's, a, it's not that complicated. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that, that that's what I'd want. Exactly. Someone who genuinely cares sitting around the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How does your life change if you get elected? Because by the sounds of it, you have a lot of responsibility already.
1: Yeah, oh, geez, I won't say that it won't change. I don't know. It's probably a good question. You yeah, you don't yeah. know the answer exactly. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, like I said, briefings. Um, as we'll chat in earlier, off air uh, briefings are part of the day. So a lot of my ship show me responsibility was after hours, and that provided its own challenges. You know, obviously with wanting to play sport and young family, but um, if you put your hand up to do it, you've got to give a hundred percent. And and I've I've sort of proven that with my role with Shep me and and I guess now with council, I guess uh, the fact of the briefings happen, happening through the week and, and during business hours, well, I'll have to just manage my, you know, time, you know, accordingly, and, and I'll put some things in place, and I've already sort of preempted how things might look, and um, I've got full support from, you know, my parents who we're involved in business with, but there is also the responsibility that if I start costing the business, then... Um, I need to put things in place to compensate me not being there. So council becomes just as a bigger priority as what it is running businesses as well, you know, throughout the day. So it's not as if one's more important than the other. I've put my hand up to, to want to represent the community and I need to make sure that I'm responsible for being there at briefings, at council meetings, at community events, and I just need to manage my time. But... I'll work it out as I go through. How do you think the community
0: perceives the council? Probably depends who you ask. I understand. Uh,
1: Yeah, I think think a lot of the community probably don't actually understand exactly what council do. Mm -hmm. Because I feel that we're on the ground and we're really approachable. You know, I've, I've got no problem with any of the councillors, you know. You know, their mobile numbers are on the websites. You know, you can make appointments to catch up with them. And even now, you know, we're all across social media. We're getting hit with questions and that's all fine. You know, that's good. Ask as many questions as you want. That I think sometimes they think that councillors are responsible for everything Mm. that happens within the community. But a lot of it is driven from, you know, state and federal government. Uh, You know, like all the roads aren't council roads. So effectively, High Street and Wyndham Street, they're state roads. Okay. You know, so they're they're big roads. Yeah. You know, they're not, you know, council-owned roads. So just little things like that. But in saying that, we are the voice for the community and we have to deliver on their expectations on being able to work closely with state and federal government. And we do have some really good members here that represent state and federal, that I've got a good relationship as well. So that obviously helps, you know, if I'm elected, that, you know, you can advocate for things that might be concerning the community. But I think it's just... Um, perhaps I think the way council sell some of their projects is always around the budget. You know, yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, look, I'm supportive of the art museum, obviously, Sam, I think that's going to be great for yeah. our community, but it's being sold as, you know, a $40 million project or a $50 million, whatever it is. Okay. But okay, let's talk about what it's going to do for our community. Yeah. You know, let, let's look at it like that way. So, um, the majority can understand how beneficial this might be for us. You know, so yes. now, should should we be investing that much into it? Possibly not. You know, has it exceeded its budget? Obviously. Um, so that requires better internal management of funds and that's where I think I can help as well and, and getting a better understanding of, you know, when business plans get presented that we make sure we follow those right through and, and don't exceed the budget because it effectively does cost the community. And I think that's where a lot of uproar comes from, that we are willing to support projects and investment but we need to be mindful that we're cost effective.
0: And I think um, the people who perceive the council negatively, a lot of it's got to do with the transparency. But like the way that you just delivered exactly what was happening then, I think that would soften a lot of people and help them understand. That well, like the like you said, the roads the, those aren't our roads. We can only do mm-hmm. this, and um, we need to pay more attention to the budget and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Well. Because, yeah, like you said, people just see, oh, $50 million over budget, and they think the council aren't doing a good job, but Mm. it's just because they're not paying enough attention to exactly what is happening.
1: Yeah, probably, I mean, look, people are time poor. So that's why I'm saying our messaging needs to be very clear. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly what you said, transparency plays a massive part. You know, communication to our community plays a massive part. People don't have time to look into the nitty gritty as to why we've exceeded a budget, and I've been in the same boat. I have a lot of the questions that the community concerns, I should say, have raised with me yeah. over the past, say, six or seven weeks, more specifically you know, through my campaign, are exactly the same concerns I've had. Why does that cost that much? Why aren't we doing this? You know, Why do they get this and why can't we get that? Whatever it might be. It's the exact same. We're all the same people. You yeah. know? That's why I said I think we all want the same outcomes about how we deliver on that. And I think that the communication that comes out of the council building could be improved in being able to break it down in simple terms so people can understand, because we are time poor, and just simply say, this is why we're investing X amount in whatever project it might be. This is our intent of what it's going to deliver. And as a community, we need to buy into this. Yeah,
0: yeah I think the community would really appreciate that. And I think that's a solution to a lot of problems on, on the way that the council is perceived. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's, a, it's simple
1: things. You yeah. know, we, we all, we're living here, so we're proud of this region, I presume. Yep. You know, everyone's got a choice where they want to live. Yes. And, you know, I love this place. You know, I love the region. You know, I'm, I'm really patriotic to this region, and I think everyone else is as well. We just want to make sure that the decisions that are getting made are in the best interest of the community, they're affordable, so they don't impact us long term. And that as councillors is where our, effectively our responsibility lies. You know, the, the, rea- the reality is, is that, you know, we've got a job to do to manage the internal funds, infrastructure projects, and we need to make sure that we're doing them in the best interest of the community.
0: When you vote on um, decisions and topics, are you allowed to be open to the community on how you are voting? Uh, and no. what you're backing? Or is it you have to kind of keep it under the rug?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got to have that open mind. So I guess, you know, the ruling is more that you've got to be, you can't be, um, I guess you, you need to be open to be convinced. Do, that, do you know what I mean? So, yes. um, you know, like, it'd be like if I just said, oh, I want to paint that wall red. No, no matter what, I'm painting it red. Don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I've made up my mind, I'm painting it red. Which means that I've disregarded any of my other councillors' suggestions as to why we should paint it orange. Yes. Do you know? What I mean? And then you effectively wouldn't be able to vote on that because you've already got a preconceived opinion. Yeah. So it can you have to be careful of you know what you say publicly, obviously, because a lot of the information is confidential. Um, but the reality is is that you're one of nine, and if you're not convinced one way or the other, that's what the other counsellors are there for you to do is to help convince you one way or the other, to show you why we should paint that orange or we should paint that red. Mm-hmm. So you need to be open-minded and, and I think that plays a big part and just take every situation on its so own merits and just, yeah, make make the best decision with all the information you have and, and that way, you know, you can sort of sleep at night because you know you've made the most informed decision. Yeah. Great. I've been keeping up to date
0: with everyone who's elected, and I really enjoyed the way that you've run your campaign and you seem highly motivated. How do you maintain that for four years?
1: Maybe if I get elected, ask me in four years. (laughs) But um, Yeah, look, like I said, I'm passionate about the region and the the title of of being a councillor, yes, I understand we have responsibilities, but I just really want to do it because I love this place and I'm invested for the long run. Like I said, I've got a long-standing family history here. We're invested into the community. I want to keep that going. Um, we live in the best region in, in Victoria and in Australia. I mean, where else would you want to be? You know, the reality is, like, you know, we're, in the center, we're actually at the centre point of everything. Yes. You know, we're two hours from Melbourne. We're two hours from the snow fields. You know, we're virtually an hour from the Murray River. We've got the best climate. Um, we're so lucky here. You know, yes, we don't have some things that perhaps other places have, but that's going to be everywhere. And what I love about this place is, we actually drive our own economy. You know, we're massive with agriculture. Yeah. We're massive with manufacturing. Transport is huge. You know, you step outside the CBD at the moment because clearly we've got restrictions in place, and everyone is doing so well. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes me feel proud, and I think that that energy that comes from within the town helps me and and would help other councillors to keep moving forward um am you know someone that's very progressive like as in okay what are we doing tomorrow I, I don't really care how things were in the past what are we doing tomorrow how can we better this place for tomorrow i've got young kids how is it going to be for them in the future so um uh, you know, they are effectively my motivation to make sure that in you know 20 years 30 years time that i can say to my own kids let alone you know the next generation coming through that you don't realize how good you've got it now because this is how it was. So, I want it to be better in the future than what it is now. I don't like it when I hear people say shepherding was better 20 years ago, or 15 years ago, or 30 years ago. I don't believe that. Yeah, maybe because I didn't live it, but the reality is, is I think we're very well positioned now. Um, we're kicking goals, and I want us to just keep powering forward and, and show. You know Metro Melbourne now because you're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna to want to move out. Yes, they've got to come here, and we've got to be ready for them. I love it. Um, I love and too, and I see it
0: as it could be, and the things you just stated. I think it's obvious that you're grateful for them, and I like that your focus is in that area. Two last questions: Who locally inspires you?
1: Uh, I mentioned obviously John Anderson. Um, he, he's been a really great mentor with me and someone that um, I can relate with pretty well. Uh, and then my own family, are pretty good. Uh, my dad, clearly, yeah, easily by mile. I mean, he's taught me that the most basic skills to give yourself every opportunity to have success and it's communication, uh, enabling people to engage with you. I mean, we got taught from a young age to pick up the phone and call people and if we didn't you know we weren't allowed to go to the movies or whatever it was and people might think oh that was that seems a bit extreme but when you meet people that don't want to pick up the phone they're the ones that are constantly behind emails constantly texting I'll call and you get the answers straight away so communication being able to um, engage with different people we're all equal um, you know that sort of humble approach of, of just having good values and, and understanding that, you know, what you stand for is 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 um, authentic and, and hopefully the community, you know, sort of can see that and, and just do things in an actual way. Like I'm running for council just because I love the region. Yes. There's no real, like, that's the hardest question to answer. Why are you running for council? And, and you feel like, if you say oh, I love the region and I'm so passionate about it that that's someone the community expect a better response, do you But that's it. I, I, this is my home, and I'm so invested in it, and I've had a good grounding and a good upbringing, and I, I hand that to my mum and dad, obviously more than anyone, and then John Anderson, and I've got a very very supportive wife as well. Um, you know, I'm, I guess you know, in perhaps her her mind, I I she would probably want me at home a little bit more often, but um I know the journey I like to say we're on yeah and uh, my parents sacrificed a lot to give me an opportunity and I need to be able to do that for my boys growing up to have an opportunity because mum and dad did this during you know? so it's it's just sort of flow and effect do you know? so that's that they definitely inspire me more than anyone
0: how do you think you get those lessons across the youth these days.
1: Um, look, I, I think, um, I know, look, we live in a digital world and, you know, a couple of things that I'm, I'm proposing is better ways of communicating, but you, you can't replicate face-to-face discussions and roundtable discussions. And I really feel that with the youth that are coming through now, you know, so engaged with, see their phones, iPads, technology, and that's fine. But yeah. you need that traditional form of communication to help, perhaps, see, help them see what is possible and help them understand things a bit better. So, you know, yourself, you have discussion via Zoom now. It is so different to how it would be if you're in real life. Yeah. And that's what's happening now. A lot of the information we get fed is through, you know, the phones, the net. Um, and that's fine. But I think if we can take it back a little bit with the grassroots. Um, sort of teachings of, of getting as many people as we can in front of each other to help teach them and, and help guide our next generation through, which is, you know, making them feel included in our community, showing them the opportunities that are available. And, you know, I've always helped even, you know, shepherd in High School, I'd go there and, and speak to, you know, young year 10 students and just being able to speak with them. That's what people want. They just want to be able to sit down and talk with someone. And I think it's the same now that the community are willing to buy into anything that gets proposed They just want to hear from real people about what it is and how we can jump in and and support it.
0: Beautiful. Um, I'm happy with that. Do you want to leave the Shepparton community with any last messages or words?
1: Uh, Yeah, look, I mean, I hope the community is, you know, buying into what I'm putting across. I'm genuinely invested in the community. Um, I'm all for the region about, you know, things moving forward. I've got a young family and I really want the community. If they've got any, um, you know, ideas or concerns they've had, please reach out to me across obviously my socials or my website as well. I'm here. I want to catch up with whoever it might be. Um, but if you're happy with everything the way it's going, your ballot papers <laughs> are going to arrive this week, and I ask you that you vote one, Shane Sally
0: Awesome. Thank you, Shane. Thanks, mate.